0: Welcome to the Culture and Sports Podcast, where we have discussions about how leadership and organizational culture impact organizational success, team and athlete performance, and the short and long-term mental, physical, and emotional health of athletes. The Culture and Sports Podcast is brought to you by Culture and Sports. Culture and Sports helps sports organizations, teams, coaches, support and front office staff and athletes understand the importance of leadership and organizational culture and its direct impact to success. Please join Lori Okamura and Dr. Jeremy Piasecki in this season of the Culture and Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Culture and Sports Podcast. We would like to introduce you to a very special guest. Emma Patterson is a senior at the University of Idaho, a fourth-generation Vandal. She is passionate about the intersection of psychology and data, When not immersed in her studies, she is part of the Vandal Volleyball team. She played three years at the University of Alaska Anchorage before she arrived at the University of Idaho. Upon graduation, Emma intends on pursuing a graduate degree in psychology. And beyond volleyball, Emma loves skiing, hiking, and time on Idaho's beautiful Priest Lake. Thank you so much for joining us today, Emma.
1: Thank
0: you. Now, Emma, if you could... uh, tell us a little bit about your history, um, you know, like when you started playing sports, a little bit about your educational journey, and uh, how you ended up at the University of Idaho.
1: For sure. I am one of four kids, so, you know, when and I'm, the, and I'm also the eldest, um, <laughs> and so there's a lot of time for me to be doing all sorts of stuff, and almost as soon as I could, just through like YMCA programs. My mom and dad enrolled me in those activities. So I started out playing youth soccer and youth basketball in kindergarten, first grade. And then it was around third grade that I first started doing volleyball. Um, And at that level, it's not very competitive. It's mostly for fun and to, you know, introduce young girls to the sport. But I slowly grew to love that sport a lot. Um, in I think the sixth grade, my mom always tells this story and I don't remember it, but she, she thinks it's hilarious and kind of shows how much I really grew to love volleyball and want to compete. Um, I was on a YMCA volleyball team with my best friend and we were supposed to be doing just a simple drill, but I thought she wasn't taking it seriously enough. So I threw the ball at her and this was my best friend. So it was at that point that my mom, figured it was a good idea to enroll me in club volleyball and have me participate at a higher level. And once I started doing club volleyball, that's when I really decided and wanted to end up playing collegiate volleyball, um, or even just collegiate athletics in general. I ran track. I still played basketball. um, And so I just participated in a lot of athletics, and I enjoyed the competition, but volleyball Quickly grew to be my favorite, and I slowly dropped the other sports to make more time for volleyball. And after that, around you know, sixteens year of club, I started reaching out to colleges and expressing my interest in becoming a part of their team, initiating the recruiting process. Uh, and I found my way up to Alaska. I loved that program there, and. Then after three years there, I wanted a different experience school-wise and decided to come back home.
0: So let's get into a little bit about your time uh, playing volleyball at the um, University of Alaska, Anchorage. Um, what did um, you know, the coaching staff look like? What was the culture and the leadership of the program? Um, you know, how did you feel involved in that program?
1: So our coaches, we have, or we had one main head coach, Chris Green. He immediately after being hired in Alaska, um, he never once had like a losing season. Um, in my three years there, one of the years was the uh, during the COVID pandemic, so we didn't really get a play. But my other two years there, we made it to the NCAA Division II tournament, um, and then my... Last year, there we won our conference, and for a while, we were ranked fourth out of all NCAA Division II volleyball programs. And you know, he's an award winning head coach, conference coach of the year, West Region coach of the year, and then he hired on assistant coaches. For a while, we had um, kind of a rotating cast of volunteer coaches that would come some old players of his some people that were really significant to volleyball in Alaska and they all brought super important things to the program and a lot of diversity in both coaching expertise and ability and knowledge. We had a graduate assistant my last two years who I played with my first year and throughout my entire career we had an assistant coach who played under him and then came and coached as his assistant coach as well
0: now during your time um, uh, playing for coach Green uh, did you feel like you were an equal part of the team? did you feel like um, you were heard when you when you brought up things during practice uh, you know whether it was with your teammates or with uh, the, the coaches in general? Uh, talk to us a little bit about that
1: definitely. Um, the structure of the team and how everything was done made everyone feel like a very significant part of the team we were able to elect we had a team there were two team captains someone that the coaches elected and someone that the players elected and we found that that worked super well both it kind of gave the coaches a voice on the team and someone that they felt would bring in those aspects and the players captain was someone who we felt confident that would speak up on our behalf if there was an issue. Um, in practices, when things were brought up, everyone was given an equal voice. One of, you know, Chris Green's biggest sayings was, as the tide rises, so does the ships. So, you know, you might have your star players who are the ships, but everyone else on the team is just as important for team success, for the cohesiveness of the team, and as such, they're the tide. So. For anyone to get better, everyone has to be equally important and do all of those things.
0: So during that time, did you feel like it was Coach Green's team? Did you feel like it was – or or do you think it was, like, the athlete's team? The player's team?
1: I don't know. I definitely feel like it was – it was almost the school's team, if that makes sense. We – all felt very, we all felt as equals and he did an incredible job of instilling kind of the school pride, the program pride, kind of the history of the program and all of the things that he wanted to continue with the success and building of just a really quality program. And at the same time it was, he acknowledged that the players make the team, the players make the program and we did a lot to be very visible as a team in the community um, we would go and do community service hours reading to kids we had every night a different high school volleyball team came and got free entry to our stuff and we interacted with all of the girls and so it was very much a united pride in the school and and acknowledgement that it was it's the players that make the team and he was our guiding hand
0: so things sounded excellent up there playing um uh, with your team what um was there a specific point where you were like oh i just want to go to idaho was there someone there you knew um how did you end up in idaho
1: after the 2023 season I started to struggle a little bit with mental health and didn't have an ability to separate myself from, you know, myself as a person from myself as a player. And I was really questioning whether I wanted to keep playing, if I still had the same passion and love for the sport. And so I left the team for the spring after our after we finished our run in the national tournament I let the coaches know um, and kind of figured out a good balance and I realized that I wasn't done playing volleyball I still had a lot that I wanted to accomplish in the sport and I still felt that I could learn a lot and I, I wasn't ready to say goodbye I loved the sport too much and so that's when I let people the relevant people know that I was entering the transfer portal and from there, I got a few emails from different schools, um, which I wasn't really sure what, where I wanted to go yet. And I was just really looking at options before I thought, you know, like, maybe I'll reach out to University of Idaho. Um, during my original recruiting process, I had reached out to them and Debbie Buchanan came and watched me play some. But before there was really a decision made on that front, I had committed to Alaska. So I reached out to Chris uh Chris Gonzalez and the coaching staff here and got a reply and decided to go forward from there. You know, ever since I was young and decided that I wanted to play sports in college and volleyball in college, it was University of Idaho that was the the end goal, the dream. Um my great grandparents, my Grandparents, my mom and dad and some aunts and uncles all got degrees through here. And it's something that as a family school and just growing up close to the area um, with where my grandparents lived and then making family trips up to Vandal football games and Vandal sporting events and Vandal volleyball for like birthday presents. It was something that I really felt it was the right place for me.
0: Okay, so when you um, sent out those emails, you received responses. You said, okay, University of Idaho, I'm going to go here. Uh, Did you know anything about the coaching staff? Did you know anything about uh, the athletes or the players you were joining? Uh, Did you play against them at any point during your time up in Alaska? Or did you play against these players that were on the team, maybe in uh, the club volleyball setting?
1: I... I had, I did not know anything about either um, the coach, or the only coach I knew anything about was uh, Brian Bestuba because he'd been Debbie Buchanan's assistant coach for quite a long time. So I knew of him, I'd come to some volleyball camps up in Moscow during high school and I had the opportunity to interact with him kind of minimally, but I knew him somewhat. But other than that, I knew nothing about Chris Gonzalez or um, Kalisha. And same with the players. Uh, In high school, when I was looking at the roster, actually, I noticed that there weren't a ton of players um, that spring, and so I looked back at the fall roster. In high school, I played against a few of the girls who had gone to opposing high schools in the same area and played with or some of them or yeah, played with some of them in club and against I think one or two potentially, but with everyone on the current roster that wasn't the case. Um, club is club volleyball is separated by age brackets, you know, and so everyone else on the team would have been playing two years younger than me, so I didn't know any of the players, didn't know anything like that about the program.
2: But, but I feel like with your background, you know, it's so amazing, right? You played all these different sports, right, when you were younger and, and you know, you're, you're, you've got siblings that you probably played with, you know, when you weren't even playing on the, on the field of play. Um, I think it's fair, would it be fair to say that you had had some experience with different type of coaches and different types of coaching, right, by the time that you, you know, completed your time at Anchorage, Alaska, which sounds like a, you know, really good, good time competitively. Right. And then having reached out now and looking to change your situation, you know, to come to Idaho. Would it be fair to say that? I mean, what would you be impression that you had a lot of coaches to that point? You'd seen, you know, how coaches interact with teams and even from your experience, you know, in Alaska, saying that it was like really sort of a collaboration and, you know, maybe there was some really good communication, like coaches have a, you know, a say and then the players have their voice as well. Would that be fair to say or?
1: Yes. Um throughout high school I had I think three different coaches and every year for club mm. after my thirteens and fourteens year I had different coaches. And I've been lucky to have some really, really amazing coaches. And then I've also had some coaches who either weren't necessarily super knowledgeable or just their ability to interact well with a large group of teenage girls may not have been the best. But I've experienced a lot of different coaches, and especially up in Alaska, that's where I think my knowledge of recognizing like a really good coach who runs a very successful program mm-hmm. and treats yeah. the players as equals really comes in.
0: So, Emma, during your time of playing, whether it was volleyball, uh, basketball, or anything else that you've done, Um, you've come across some just bad coaches, right? Like you brought up earlier, they just weren't really uh, that good as a volleyball coach, but I'm sure they were nice people. I'm sure they looked out for you. Uh, And then you've probably had some coaches that you were indifferent about, right? Like they ran you through drills. Um, You know, maybe they took an interest in you or not. Uh, You know, maybe you were interested with them being your coach, or maybe you're like, oh, um, you know, I'm just here to practice and, and, and move on to the next thing. But through playing um, with the University of Alaska, obviously that was an extremely positive, uh, like, culture, positive experience, and and it sounds like Coach Green was a positive leader. Um, Was it difficult when you were, when you first uh, told your coaches that you were going to go in the transfer portal, was it one of those things where you were like, okay, um, I'm gonna leave this awesome you know, program that I'm part of and I really hope I get into another one or were you a little naive and be like oh this is great I'm gonna land into the same type of program at the University of Idaho or or any other school that you're gonna land uh, what were some of your expectations coming in before you even step foot on the school campus
1: the transfer portal for me was just a really big unknown I didn't know where I would end up. I was looking at schools kind of all across the country when I first entered the portal. Um, I. When, you know, talking to my coaches in Alaska and letting them know that I was leaving, I. It was definitely something difficult. I didn't I didn't want to leave that program and that team, but the school wasn't a great fit. It's, it's difficult being up in Alaska, especially in the winter months. Um, and so I just needed a change and I needed somewhere different. Um, and I love and respect those coaches an incredible amount, both just based off of who they are and then also, what, also for what they've helped me become, what they've done for me. Um, and so I have immense amounts of gratitude for them. But, you know, I, I did as much research as I could going into the, or looking into the different programs. So like with University of Idaho, I saw that this was a new coach with one season under his belt. I looked at where he would coached before. I looked at all of the, you know, the team stats from the season prior. And I had some phone calls with him during the recruiting process. And for me, everything still kind of checked out. I knew that it would be a change going from Division two to Division one. I. Um, I did expect it to be a little bit different, you know, in my head. High level Division two would is still below like almost any Division one school, but I'm, this spring when I wasn't playing, University of Alaska beat someone in our conference. So comparable, better, who knows? But it was it wasn't necessarily something I expected when coming here to have the type of program that's currently here. Um, you know, the types of practices we have, the commitments to weightlifting, the extra team activities that we do, all of that was surprisingly different and something I wasn't really expecting. So
0: before we get into, um, Talking a lot about your current program. Um, were you, at a minimum, when you walk into any volleyball or sports program in general, you're walking in, and at a bare minimum, what are you expecting? Are you just expecting, like, a minimum? Um, you know, uh, like respect, uh, you know, that you're treated with dignity and respect? Are you, are are you just expecting someone to coach you and to, you know, to coach your team to be able to win competitions? Like what, what is it you're looking for? What are your expectations of a coach and of a program in general?
1: Striving for improvement. Um, And like the goal area, I definitely think having an understanding and a base level of respect and cooperation and communication between all levels of the program staff, be it support staff, coaches or players, is incredibly important in any sort of program, uh, not only athletics, but, you know, walking into a new program, it was hard to... It's hard to kind of describe what I was expecting um, outside of that. You know, there's a large variety of what what I wanted, what I'd hoped for, uh, what I expected, what I was unsure of. And some of those things were there and some of those things really weren't. But I think, you know, based off your question with asking about the expectations of you know being treated with dignity and respect and then the levels of communication and cooperation between everyone because especially at this level at the collegial level once you get we all have a significant amount of time playing our sport the players the coaches and everyone brings something to the table and so it i think it's very important to have both upwards communication from the players to the coaches, and you know, the opposite as well.
2: And I think I think even with expectations, right? We all have ex- managing expectations is just part of you know growing up, right? As part of life, we all have you know have sometimes preconceived expectations, and then they end up being completely different, right? Than what you know than what we thought. But having said that. At what point, you know, you again, you've had this like really rich background, right, of not only different sports, but then different types of leaders in sports, different types of programs, different age, you know, 8, and different periods in your timeline, right, based on age that you've been involved in sport your whole life. Now here you are in a position coming home, right, literally coming home, being closer to family, being um, no midnight sun and, you know, Alaska's lovely, but I wouldn't <laughs> think I would have a hard time, you know, I would have a hard time as well. I get, I get what you're saying. Um, at what point, if you can remember, when you when you finally, you know, settled in, you got onto campus, you met the the other athletes on the team and you know, saw the coaches face to face, was there a moment that you can recall or at what point in time did you feel like this might not be you know, not only is this maybe not what I expected, but this may not be exactly the right thing, you know, going on here or something's off or You know, was there a moment that you had, we call it like the aha moment, like, ooh, aha, you know, like, that's, that's not what I expected at all. And is that really supposed to be happening? Right? Because that, that typically sets in at some point.
1: Yeah, it would have. I've been asked this question a lot, actually, recently. And there definitely was a big aha moment. And it was really early on. Uh, going into the season, mid-July, we start doing open gyms with just the players and then lifting weights. And then beginning of August is when we actually start our preseason with the coaches and two practices a day, which is you know standard across sports. And it was within the first week of practices. There was a drill that was happening, and the way he spoke to one of the players who was in the drill and then immediately pulled her out of the drill and did not let her rejoin was something that immediately I was like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know how to react to this. I don't know if this is standard here, if this is just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. accepted, if this is expected. And I, call, I called my mom either that night or you know a couple nights later and was like I don't I don't know what's going on like this is weird this is uncomfortable for the team to watch for the team to experience and it's awful to see a a coach treat an athlete this way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I expect that with that moment that
2: aha moment for yourself you know that Did that lead to other aha moments with other athletes on the team as you guys started to maybe share, you know, your observations or like you look at each other sort of in practice and maybe don't want to, you know, say right there, but then in the locker room or, you know, on campus somewhere. Did you think that was okay or what the heck is going on right now? You know, did as that started to unfold, did that become sort of the path? Right. Like you just sort of one by one start telling each other, like, did you think that was OK, what just happened or what did just happen? Like, what what was that? Right.
1: Definitely. It was it took a little bit because the team was composed of I think there were five returners and 13 new people from wow. multiple countries, all different areas, different ages. So it it took a little bit to for everyone to find their footing here, to find their placement on the team Um, their role but once that started happening and we all started talking I remember having a conversation with some of the returners and I was and asking if it was like this last year if this was the same if the behaviors were similar like is this worse is this better and at that point they said that it was pretty that it was consistent that it was pretty much the same as last year, that things were... the way he was interacting with the players was just how he does it. And then a few practices after that conversation, I don't remember exactly what happened, but one of the returners said, no, I think this year is going to be worse. And so we all t- we've all had conversations, and when I say all, I just mean the team, in the locker room, just around campus, whenever about how we feel about all of these things about what's going on about the treatment about of or the treatment of our teammates the treatment that we ourselves are receiving and everyone is confused and really taken aback and at this point it's we're, we're hurt we're really struggling with this treatment we never expected to be treated this way in any situation much less college athletics
0: Now, when you were being treated this way, you and your teammates, um, and I know some of them were returners, but with you and a lot of the new players that were there, did you think, oh, this is what we're going to need to be able to play at the next level, uh, to be able to win our conference or to go to the NCAA tournament? Um, you know, where was your threshold with it? With well, this is wrong and this is going to be hurtful for us, um, as opposed to oh no, the, you know this coach is rough, he's old school. This is the way that we're gonna do it so we can be the best we could be. Like, what were the, the, the thoughts not only of yourself but some of your teammates if you remember during your conversations with them, where some of them might have been like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like, like what were some of those discussions and thoughts?
1: for me at the beginning i kind of doubted whether it was really like that bad or not um you know making like i said the jump from division 2 to division 1 I, I thought maybe this is just what like you said needs to happen to have a successful program but we we didn't get better we didn't improve at playing the team just remained fairly stagnant didn't personal skills did not experience any growth and just all across the board it became pretty clear significantly quickly that this was not helpful in any way you know obviously the coaching aspect but then also our own performance and the team's performance it did not get better it was not any sort of successful coaching mechanism that was being used to increase our capabilities and at the beginning of the season some of the girls who are from international countries they said they were talking and said you know like this type of hard coaching is is really common like in Europe like this is just how it is and they at first really did not see any problems with it Um, but as the season went along, they kind of started realizing, and I think it's incredibly easy to establish yourself as a coach and the position of absolute authority that he did when your roster is composed of freshmen and sophomores and the only sophomores had you the year before. And... I just remember reiterating multiple times to all the girls on the team is this is not how college athletics is supposed to be. This is not how we should be being treated. This is not any sort of successful coaching or program that I've witnessed, been a part of, heard about anything like that. And, you know, in Alaska, Coach Green could be considered like an old school coach. He was not he was not very like, forgiving or super nice. He was not outwardly very expressionate. You know, he, I think the few times we ever saw him cheer were he would just like, he would stand up and clap. We were much more at the receiving end of, in his frustration, he would break a clipboard in the locker room after he would kind of just slam his folder down in frustration. But at the same time, while potentially being considered an old school coach, he did have that significant respect and understanding for all of the players. And that was something that I really worked on conveying to all the girls is this is not normal. This is not how it's supposed to be.
0: So the team was comprised of, uh, you know, first and second year players. Um, And then there was you who was already past their second year of playing. Um, Do you think the thought process or the feelings would have been different if the team was winning and performing at a way higher level than they were? Uh, Do you think that uh, the lens you would have been looking through would have been a little bit different if if there were a lot more wins than losses?
1: I think maybe. Some of the frustration and stuff that I personally experience and contemplate is his lack of ability to convey information and to be a good coach statistically he is a very good analysis or analysis of the volleyball game just in general he knows the numbers he knows he knows the game incredibly well but that knowledge of the game doesn't always contribute to being a good coach and explaining to players what needs to happen, coaching individual skills, teaching the how, teaching the why behind different things, increasing players' understanding of the game. And I think if those had been done, you know, this past season where we learned more about the game, we actually were taught how to do the things he wanted instead of just the what. And we were winning a little bit more. It would have been it would have been less frustrating But at the same time, the treatment of the players does not, is not excused by any sort of winning. And I think that we would be still in a very similar position if the treatment had been the same even if we were winning more.
0: Performance is poor in in your first season there. Um, Lots of young athletes, um, you know, there aren't wins, Um, treatment is horrible. Um what happened towards the end of the season um you know did the season just end and everyone was like okay we'll see you at, at you know our next practice you know in a couple months off season practice uh what was everyone's feelings coming to the end of that first season
1: We still really wanted to find success all of the players we would be talking in the locker room and You know we were talking about we still we still have more games we still have the opportunity to get better to win to win as a team and even if not necessarily winning as a team to getting better and playing cohesively which is something that we struggled with all season and at that point we were looking for improvement and just little steps to finding success you know the bigger goals were potentially out of reach we at ne- cl- sorry, nearing the end of the season, we had our records showed that we wouldn't be getting into the Big Sky Tournament, um, which after the season we were okay with. Um, but we still wanted to take every opportunity we could to try and improve individually and as a team. Um, but, at the same point, because of how everything had been going and the constant t- treatment by the coaches, I know there were some girls that you know they had a countdown of their phone on their phone of how many ga- how many days until the last game, and it was just kind of a waiting game we 'd go to practice, give our all, give what we could, and then by the end of it, just be so emotionally and physically drained. Everyone's resilience at the end of season was so incredibly low. But for each other as a team especially, we wanted to be able to do the things that, you know, we could to empower each other, empower ourselves, and to hopefully end things on a good note at the, we were having conversations in the locker room, just being like, hey, at this point, we're playing for each other. Things will happen. Coaches will make their decisions. Coaches will do what they do. And whether you're on the bench, whether you're in the court, we're all one team. We had one grad, we had a grad transfer who had come over from Eastern Washington. And so it was her last season playing super competitive volleyball here And a lot of it was, as much as we can, make this experience good for each other, encourage each other, be the support system that your teammate needs, and build off that to try and just have an okay end of the season.
0: So you had a lot of change, um, you know, over that six, eight-month period from when you left. Uh, the University of Alaska at Anchorage and made it to uh, the University of Idaho. Um, you know, you changed you know, climates. I know it's still cold uh, up in Idaho, but you didn't have long periods of darkness. You didn't have, during the summer, long periods of light. Um, I'm sure, um, you know, professors were different. You know, maybe your major may have changed. Um, and obviously you had a team change. Um, you went from Division 2 to Division 1. Um, and then you also had a huge coaching change that you, uh, may not have experienced before. So, um, you know, how were you doing individually? Like, were you still maintaining your relationships? Were you still doing, you know, equally well at school, you know, as you were doing before? Um, you know, how were you doing yourself during this first season?
1: Yeah, it... I'll be the first person to say that I am not a fan of change. Um, I know it's necessary. It's important for growth. You know, if you're not prepared for the change, change is going to happen anyways. So do what you can with what you have. And it was it was a lot of kind of figuring out as things went. Um, I wasn't home all summer, I was working at a super remote um, lake resort. And I loved it there. But at the same time, it gave me very little time to really prepare myself. And I, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, University of Alaska, the athletics program there is amazing and incredible. Um, but changing schools was definitely a much-needed experience, so coming, coming here, coming to a more traditional college experience was incredibly helpful for me personally, um, so I found more success in school, and with University of Idaho being only five hours away from my high school and where I grew up, I already have some friends who are up here and people i know and had that those pre-existing relationships to fall back on if i needed um but at the same time it, when you're in season there's really not a whole bunch of extra hours for you to go hang out with friends who aren't on the team and coming into a team with all people, you know, everyone was unknown to me um and I've talked about this with the current team and some of my closest friends on the team. I am really bad at first impressions. Um, so, and that's probably the kindest way to say it. And I really did. I struggled at the beginning, um, not having that, those close team relationships that I had in Alaska and Alaska. We were all living together. We all, we, you know it was and we were all living within 500 feet of each other or more or not 500 yeah I don't know we were, we're living very fairly close to each other um, in apartments and we'd rotate going to whoever's for that evening for homework. And so the team relationships in Alaska were something that I treasured and even now it's it's still different. and that especially at the beginning of the season, I really struggled with that. I talked to some of my friends and my mom. And that's where I was like, I don't know if this is the right decision. And, you know, I know for me, it takes a little bit longer to make those connections with people because I'm so bad at first impressions um, to the point where some of the girls on the team who, yeah, like I said, they're my closest friends on the team have told me, we thought you were weird. We did not like you very much. So, like, it, it took a while, and I, I struggled. I talked to my friends. I was like, I don't know if this is the right decision. You know, I was incredibly proud of myself for making it to University of Idaho, for, you know, accomplishing young Emma's dream, for playing Division One volleyball. But I also I felt very, I guess, untethered is a great w- way to put it. Um and the only thing I was really able to i guess comfort myself with was just giving it time. You know, I got myself in this situation I voluntarily put myself in this situation and so that means that within my it's it's it is within my capabilities to get through this situation and find success and that, that's what happened I enjoy my friends I enjoy my teammates I enjoy my teammates who are my friends and it's a lot better now the team relationships especially um but there was at the at the beginning there was a lot of struggle for sure I I don't live with my teammates currently um and most of the I think everyone else on the team lives with a teammate or multiple teammates. Um, And so I definitely felt very isolated and a bit separate from the team as well. And trying to find my footing here in a new place, in a new school, where I didn't have time to see those pre-existing friendships. And all I really had was the volleyball team the support staff the coaches to help me through guide me through the change teach me you know I, I didn't know where any of the buildings were on campus simple things like that were just more indications of how alone and separate I was here um, yeah I think that I think that kind of covers it
0: so Emma you know, just through what we've been talking about and what you've just said, um, obviously you've decided to stay for another season at this point. So um, we're going to talk about that on the next episode. Um, you know, but thank you for this episode, for sharing your story thus far. Um, and thank you for sharing uh, what your lived experience was and expanding on that. I know it's not easy. Um, and, um, you know, unfortunately, I know you have... Um, a lot harder things to talk about here in our next episode. So thank you for everyone tuning in, and and we'll see you next episode. And that's a wrap for this week's episode of the Culture and Sports podcast. We hope that this episode has started an internal dialogue or even one with your team about the importance of leadership and organizational culture. If you'd like to learn more about Culture and Sports, the Culture and Sports podcast, or other programs, go to cultureandsports.com. Where there is a wealth of resources, articles, research, podcasts, video shows, webinars, and courses. And don't forget to connect with us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and LinkedIn at Culture and Sports, and on Twitter at Culture in Sport. Thank you for tuning in to the Culture and Sports Podcast.